Welcome to Back to the Point. I am your host, Rick Goulding from the class of 2004. And today on the pod, we have Ian Kane, who's from the class of 2000. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to make my bi-weekly plug for you to go subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, if you haven't done that already, I'm a little bit confused as to why you keep coming back to the podcast without just subscribing. It makes it so much easier to know when there's a new episode up. Uh, it'll appear on your phone or whatever, your mobile device, I guess I should say. And uh, you can download and listen to it right away. So if you're someone who keeps coming back to and keeps listening to this po- podcast, but you haven't subscribed yet, just make make life easier on yourself and go and subscribe. Uh, I also want to plug um, sending us feedback back to the point at bchigh.edu, uh, um, at bchigh on Twitter, rickgolding3 on Instagram, bchigh-eagles on Instagram. Just get it to us. Uh, you can also go on iTunes and review us. We're still at five stars, uh, which thank you to everyone who has reviewed us. That's that's a testament to all of you, um, and I'm glad you're enjoying it so much. Uh, but I also wanted to shout out Brian Flaherty from the class of 1994 who went on there uh, and gave us a really nice review. I, I appreciated that, uh, Brian. Um, thank you for the kind words, and, and thank you for listening. Okay. Today on the podcast, uh, Mr. Ian Kane, who is a city councilor in Quincy, um, he's had kind of an interesting run in the business world. Um, you know, kind of started off uh, doing some things uh, other than he had imagined for himself, and then has kind of really uh, built a path um, that was based on a lot of self-reflection and adaptation and. Um, just thinking about the, the story that he wanted to create. Uh, it's pretty cool. And Ian, someone who um, has always had kind of the political bug in him. Uh, that's why he's partially why he's city councilor. So we talked, we talked a little bit about that and, and, you know, what he's, what he's thinking in terms of um, what he wants to accomplish and, and where he might go next. And uh, we actually break some news for the first time on the podcast. We broke some political news, which I was very excited about, and you'll hear uh, if you listen. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away at the outset because I want you to I want you to listen because Ian's story um, Ian's story is a very very interesting one, very good, and like I said, there's a lot of great lessons in there about self reflection and adaptation and, and um, kind of writing your own story um, that I think is important. So um, let's get to it. Enough of me talking. Here's Ian Kane. So I was, uh, I was driving over here this morning, and one of the questions that I kept asking myself is, how do I, how do I want to go about this? How do I want to kind of um, get you to tell your story this morning? Because I, I feel like there's a lot to cover there. I always feel bad when I like go in chronological order, mm-hmm. because I'm like, that's what everyone expects. I like to do the unexpected every right. <laughs> once in a while. So uh, that having been said. I, I actually think because there's so much that I want to talk to you about and it probably makes sense for to kind of tie all the pieces together to start at the beginning. Um, so I, I guess just to start out, maybe you can just talk a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up and um, 
you know, what what brought you here to the campus at 150 Morrissey Boulevard? Great question. Absolutely. Uh, and thanks for having me, Rick. Oh, uh, of course, man. No, thank you for thanks for coming on. Yeah. Like I said, we were just talking about this on the walk up here, like randomly texted you out of the blue after we hadn't been in touch yeah, for a hey, long time. Yeah, you want to be in my podcast. <laughs> what, what podcast is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Well, that's great now. So we've, yeah. we've got another listener and a guest. Yep, absolutely. Longtime fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so where do I come from? I come from the great city of Quincy, Massachusetts, also known as the city of presidents. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I grew up there. I was born in Boston. My parents met there. And uh, I guess part of their deal when they got married was that they would move back to Quincy where my mom was from. So I'm actually a fourth generation uh, Quincy resident. Wow. Yeah. So my deep my, roots. Yeah. For the deep Kane roots. Family. Deep roots in Quincy. Actually, for the O'Hanleys oh, I'm and, sorry. and I'm the McGagans. So my dad's from New Rochelle, New York. So he's a transplant. Got it. Got it. Um, so that's where I grew up. In fact, it was funny coming here today because I, I made certain, you know, I live in Quincy now, and I made certain to take the way that I used to drive to BC High. Uh, here today, just a little be nostalgia, yeah, a little get nostalgia in get in the spirit of this conversation. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, um, and obviously, how did it feel? Uh, it felt great. I yeah. mean, I, I love coming here yeah. uh, because I have such uh, fond memories of, of coming to school here. And, yeah. um, you know, there were such positive influences in my life. And so, how did I end up here? Yeah. Um, so, I guess, you know, I had, when I was young, I, uh, I call it, I was affected with a, with a uh, political affliction. Okay. So that um, was about seven years old. I got fascinated with politics. And, um, you know, my parents, I come from a, I say, a, a biracial, bipartisan household. <laughs> and so my, uh, my mother, who's a Republican, and my father, who's a Democrat, um, you know, my mother in 87 was supporting George H.W. Bush. Mm. And uh, one day they slapped a, a bumper sticker, a Bush bumper sticker on my back. It was like the back of my IZOD jacket and sent me on to first grade. And I thought that that was the coolest thing. And <laughs> from then on, I, with my mother, with my grandmother, with my father, even in a different way, uh, you know, we were always watching the political shows like Crossfire and yelling at the TV and, and trying to get involved in different ways around the city. Um, so at some point in time, in middle school, I was suggested by a family member. I had had two cousins that were at BC High. I was suggested that I should go to BC High. And uh, so in connection to this political vision when I was young, I had the idea, well, you know what? There's this guy, uh, Bill Bulger, who is the Senate president uh, of the state of Massachusetts and the state house, and he was a triple eagle. Yes. You know what? I want to do that. Yeah. I want to be a triple eagle. That's my goal. Got it. And so with blinders on, I moved forward to try to accomplish that goal. Yeah. And uh, that's what set me to BC High. So I, you know, did the Eagle for the Day program uh, in eighth grade with, uh, with a situate guy. With, uh, oh, really? Yeah, Bill Fitzgerald. Oh, no way. Yeah, I yeah. know Fitzgerald. Who, who I think my mother went to high school with his father, and, and you know, she suggested that. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts so. to the Fitzgeralds. Yeah, right, right. Bill Fitzgerald, good job getting Ian here. <laughs> and uh, so I had no doubt that I was coming here because it fit into – uh, the vision for my for my future. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, you had two cousins here. So did you feel like you had a level? Like, how much did they tell you about the school? You know, before you came here. Uh, you know what? Very little. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not too much. So oh, my wow. one of my cousins, uh, he was gone by the time I got here. Okay. And um, my other cousin were two years apart, so he graduated two years prior to uh, to myself. Uh, I don't remember having any extensive conversation with him about, you know, his experience at BC High. Okay. But, you know, obviously there was still some solidarity because we were in the same sure. in the same community. As there is. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. cool. So you get here 
uh, you're you're hailing from Quincy, mm-hmm. the city of presidents. Absolutely. Uh, you walk on into campus first day. Um, you know, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? Can you remember kind of your f- initial impressions of campus, impressions of campus, and like, you know, as a, as a what, how old are we when we start? It's like uh, 14, 15? 13, 14? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So yeah. you're a 13, 14, 15 year old. You're walking onto campus. What's yeah. what's up? Um, you know, a little intimidating, right? I think I don't even know at the time if I was taking the red line into school or if I was having my father drive me in, but got it. Um, you know, a little intimidating, right? Because you know that you're about to endure. Uh, hard work, right? Yeah. You're about to get an education. Yeah. Um, and that's what they tell you from the start. You're supposed to do three hours of homework a night. <laughs> um, and then on top of it, it's a fiercely athletic, competitive yeah. program. You know, yeah. the high school is, is uh, you know, so, you know, me uh, thinking that I'm an athlete, which I'm not, and uh, was <laughs> never good at anything really uh, until later in life, which when I became a runner. But, um, I tried out for basketball, and I was trying to do what everyone else was doing because right. that seemed yeah. to be the way, yeah. right? So let's yeah. try these things. Let's try it for freshman basketball. Miserable failure. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I gave it the old uh, the BC high try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay, so um, the kind of the story of your freshman year, it sounds like, you came in, you started kind of getting that, that brutal first term under your belt, right. which is tough, Right. that adjustment period. Tried out for freshman basketball, didn't make it. Mm-hmm. What so? How did you respond to that? What what, what were you, how did you I know, respond I mean, to it's that? A, I, yeah. Look, I didn't make. I didn't. I've got cut from some teams, and it's always interesting to think back, like how you responded in the moment right. to to that setback. Right. Because you have this vision of yourself. You're yeah. like, I'm telling this story about myself to myself, and then all of a sudden, it's like a choose your own adventure novel. It's like turn to page fifty. Right. And it's right, like totally right. different. Well, I think you don't realize. I mean, I didn't realize how competitive the athletics would have been in reality, right? So yeah. that was good to see that. So then, <laughs> how did I respond to that? I responded yeah. to it in two ways. Um, one, I tried out for a sport that I'd never played called lacrosse, yeah. which was probably even more stupid than the, the sport that I was you know, <laughs> no, not even good at basketball. <laughs> um, but then I, you know, decided to go to my roots and I went out for student council. Yeah. Uh, in my first year. And that was that was a successful endeavor. So hey. yeah. So in my fir- at the end of the first year, when elections were, I was elected to Stuco. Nice. Yeah. So, in a, in a way, a, a kind of good turn to page. Oh to. no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in thinking about what we're going to talk about today, it's like, uh, you know, the BC High experience is largely uh, for me. It's you know foundational for your life, right? Foundational for learning, um, but also uh, for me, it was a place where I learned how to be more true to myself, right? Yeah. to what my goals and aspirations were. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so um, from kind of from freshman year to kind of senior year, um, do you have any, like, what are some experiences that stand out? To, um, you know, if you if you had to kind of succinctly talk about those years, what would you say? Like, what, what stands out? Um, aside from, you know, the building of foundational and fundamental character. Yeah. Um, Great educational experiences. I was thinking about all the you know wonderful teachers that I had throughout the years that were. What, who, who, who were some of the teachers that stood out? You know, I, I, I'm thinking of the um, the modern languages department, uh, all of them. So uh, Jerry Whalen, yep, um, Senora Monteros, yep, uh, and you know one of my favorites who was tough but so effective, Gib Galius. Okay, <laughs> very tough guy. But in, he was he was a very effective teacher. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, and then, you know, there are countless others. Um, 
I think of Tony Toto from my first year yep. biology. Yeah. Um, I think of obviously different religious teachers and uh, English. Ron Fletcher, who yeah. I had senior year, he was a good teacher. Um, oh God, what is the guy's name from uh, history? Uh, older guy. I don't know if God, I forget his name. Oh jeez. Um, Mr. Shea. Mr. Shea. Yeah, I okay. don't know. If he was an old school. Yeah. Uh, he was an old school teacher. And actually, he was an English teacher. So we had to learn um, the Canterbury Tales. Oh, I remember. In old yeah. English. Yeah. And stand up in front of our classmates and oh, recite it. Jeez. <laughs> to varying levels of degree and embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember which tale you had? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. no. Just wondering. I'm sorry, no. Is it the Miller's Tale? Or, yeah, no. I was just curious. Yeah, Shot please. in the dark. Shot Stop in the dark. it. Stop yeah. showing off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going yeah, for. Please. Aren't you all impressed with my knowledge of Canterbury Tales? Um, so, okay. So, what you got involved in Stuco. You mm -hmm. had some of these great um, educational experiences. What were, you, what were you looking for when you started looking for colleges? Uh, Boston College. That was it. Because, uh, again, I was hooked on this vision of the Triple Eagle. Right? It's yeah. still there, yeah. That was it. So I, I was committed. Yeah. And um, so, you know, when seeking out colleges, I didn't, I didn't look far beyond New England. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was really just hoping to have BC because that was the next logical step in the plan. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I applied. And I, that was probably, you know, the, the first time that I really hit a uh, roadblock because I got waitlisted. Yeah. And I didn't get in immediately right so um my parents and actually and to their credit um you know i said well why don't i just go to this school and you know this other school and just i want to go away like all my friends are doing and uh they said no how about you go to suffolk university and you commute from here and then we can reassess the situation uh -huh. which is exactly what i did which ended up being a uh huge year in my life because uh, I, you know, was more committed to school in the first year in college. I ended up getting an internship with uh, State Senator Stephen Lynch at the time, and obviously Suffolk being in close proximity to the State House was was great. Right up the hill. Um, so I could work there in off class periods, and then I ended up working there in the summer. And then what had happened is, uh, longtime uh, Congressman Joe Moakley passed away that summer, and we ended up running Stephen Lynch's first campaign for Congress. So, you know, I got in the politics that I really wanted to learn about. Um, I ended up reapplying to Boston College and getting in and ended up back in the direction that I wanted to be. That's <laughs> there you go. So did, were, were you able to kind of uh, kind of keep your foot in the Beacon Hill door while you were going to Boston College, even though it was a little bit further away? I was. So then uh, at the time I went to Boston College, Stephen Lynch became a congressman. So right. I was an intern in his regional office here in Boston. Got it. Um, you know, so it was a congressional intern. Yeah. Um, which was a blast. I mean, and, you know, largely handling a majority of uh, constituent service requests and veterans requests and uh, you name it from that office, you learn a lot. Um, I mean, that's where you learn the, the basics about politics and where it really matters. It's doing the work of the people. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk, let's take a step back to the campaign. What are some things that you learned on the campaign? Like, like people who, who I've talked to some people who have been on campaigns and mm -hmm. they just say that it's, it's, a very unique experience mm -hmm. that you can uh, that you can only kind of wrap your head around once you've done it, mm -hmm. and that everybody takes something different from oh. campaigns. Oh yeah, and everybody's got a role. So my role yeah. through that entire campaign, and that was a sprint. So I think he died in July. I think he died in July of two thousand one, and the election was actually on September eleventh. I'll never forget that. Oh, and wow. yeah, it was September eleventh, two thousand one. 
And so my job was, uh, I was Mr. Directions. So I had to, in the time before Google Maps and Waze, oh, wow. yeah, I had to get the congressman from one event to the next, <laughs> okay? So- MapQuest? No, MapQuest was a thing at the time. <laughs> so, but MapQuest wasn't foolproof. So I, I remember that. It'd yeah. be like, take a right on the street, and it'd right. be a one-way. And, and you had to like, print out the directions. Exactly. Okay? Reading them. So I was corroborating uh, maps, real maps, tried and true, you know, flip book maps with wow. MapQuest, and then typing my own version of the best way to get there. So I was Waze. Wow. For the campaign. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what was that? I mean, what was that like? What did you, where did, Oh, I was locked in a room for three months. <laughs> I was locked in a room for three months by myself and just just churning out directions. <laughs> Did you get to go? But it was important we, because it was about time, right? No, so, of course, and that's the most important yeah. thing on a so, campaign. And I, was, and I was made to feel that the job was important. Yeah. But, you know, what they am I going really to do? What am I going to do? I'm sorry. I really am not interested in participating in yeah. this role. You know what? I wanted to be a speechwriter. Is that available? Yeah. Right. I really yeah. got good words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> did you did, were you able to go on these trips, or did you just have to print no, the directions? No, I made I made most of the directions. There were some events that I would attend if they were you know in the evening hours because yeah. I'd be working all day. Yeah. Um, but uh, outside of that, I was I was in a room most of the day. <laughs> so so that that experience, I mean, you speak fondly of it now, but that experience didn't discourage you from staying in politics. No, not at all. It didn't even bother me then because it was part of a machine, right? So you knew yeah. that you were helping something, and I I didn't have a problem. Well, with that. not everybody has that perspective yeah. at that age because you're kind of like. I'm, I'm definitely the greatest thing on this campaign. Yeah, right. You know, like I, you know what? I should probably be the candidate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but that happens, right? If that's if that's the vision for your future, and you think that you have a chance in it, it's kind of like, okay, um, how long do you go working for someone else before sure. you go out on your own? That's a great question, right? Yeah. And so, um, even when working in uh, the congressional office, you know, uh, you can. I mean, for God, there are so many people that work in government that. Uh, have worked in constituent services for years. I know Stephen Lynch's office alone, uh, the folks that have been with him since he was a state rep are still with him in that congressional office, and they maintain uh, you know, thousands of relationships with his constituents uh, yeah. and do good work, right? Yeah. And they love it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I admire them uh, so much for the work that they do. Sure. Um, but, you know, when you're a young kid and you want more, it's kind of like, okay, I get it. What's next, right? I want to learn more. I yep. want something else. Yep. Um, you know, how can I how can I do that? Yeah. Okay. So so what happens next? You're you're going to BC, you're working for Stephen Lynch. You you've got your hand, you've got your foot in the the door. What what happens next? So what happens next? Um, well, I decide uh, coming to junior and senior year, do I want to keep going in this vision that I had to become a triple eagle, right? And fulfill that goal. Yeah. Um, and then I decide I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> As a lawyer, I gotta say, good choice. Yeah, no. And um, why? What? So hold on. Let's let's sure. let's make sure we spend a minute on this. So you had had this vision since you were seven. You said. Yeah, the politics, and then you know uh, the of triple, triple eagle, eagle goes, BC yeah, law. Yeah. What What happened? You know why all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to be a lawyer. Um, I looked around, right, and um, you know, as you're going through college, and let's go to BC High for a second. Okay. Which yeah. is, you know. BC High gave me uh, a tool that I still use to this day, um, and that's the ability to write and to contemplate, right? Mm. So I went on Kairos my senior year, 
And that was one of the best experiences that I had at, at BC High. Yeah, it's fun. Um, you know, I picked up one of these steno notepads and I started writing uh, on that retreat. And I have not stopped writing um, since that time, right? And, uh, you know, so now let's fast forward to college and you're trying to figure out what you want to do next, what you've done, how you've accomplished whatever you have. And um, I looked around and I, at the time, it felt like there were a lot of people who were uh, seeking to go to law school, wanted to go to law school for no other reason, but they didn't know what else to do. And there were a lot of those people. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, I don't, you know, I've, I kind of had this idea I wanted to be a lawyer for a long time and for reasons such as I wanted to connect it to politics. So I had a reason for it, but I didn't want to be in a community where there were people just doing something for no apparent reason. That was my logic at the time. Got it. And so I decided, you know what? There's another, there's another path. Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm a political science major, and yeah, I minored in economics, it's not accounting and finance, but I'll, I'll figure out a path in business. Yeah. And uh, that's the decision I made. So where did you go? Well, I graduated, and where else do people go? Or at least I did. I moved home with my parents. <laughs> okay, right? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I said, all right, let's regroup. So Back I, to Quincy. My, my mom's best friend owned a restaurant in Hall called Bridgman's Restaurant. Oh, and so, I know uh, Bridgman's. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Fine cuisine. It was open for 13 years. Yeah. And uh, I went down there, and I worked with them for like six months or so, and I helped them run the restaurant. I was a manager and a server and you know did yeah. whatever, made some money. And then um, I got a call from... A friend from BC High, classmate of mine, his sister, who worked at a commercial real estate firm in, in uh, Boston. It's a New York-based firm called Tishman Spire. And she said, I, I think I got a job for you. And, uh, you know, I went in and I interviewed for this role at Tishman Spire in the property management office at 125 High Street and <laughs> uh, was, was lucky to get a role in the office. And that was my first job in, in quote-unquote business. It seems like in a short period of time, there's a big, big kind of turning the boat around a little bit. So what did it feel like to kind of get your first role knowing that it wasn't necessarily a directly in the direction that you had always envisioned for yourself? Um, well, you know what? I had made, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm quick and decisive, and when I commit to something, I just kind of move forward on it. Yeah. And so with this, um, it felt fine because I got a job at what I viewed as a prestigious commercial real estate firm. Um, I got to wear a suit every day, which felt special, right? <laughs> you know, now who wants to wear a suit to work? No one. Yeah, I, yeah. I certainly don't. Um, but I saw opportunity. I saw a huge company, and I saw an opportunity for personal growth. Yeah. And so while I was the low man on the total pole in the property management office, and again, this is just like working in the constituent service office. You're the complaint department for the building. Yeah. So you've got tenants like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch and uh, you name it, asset manager calling you to turn up the heat, right? Yeah, yeah. And so then you just see other things, and you realize that property management isn't the only part of this business, but there's acquisition, and there's development, and there's capital fundraising. Yeah. And, and that's where I saw the opportunity, and okay. that was where I wanted my growth to be. Okay. Did it end up happening? There? It did. Yeah, yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, making friends with with people in the capital uh, markets team, and ended up getting a role in there. Uh, in, in while the team was largely based in New York, I worked with a managing director in Boston, and we were um, we were raising private equity for multiple uh, funds for acquisition and development activity across the world. So we had funds in uh, Europe, India, Brazil at the time, uh, China, and then there was a U.S. fund also, two U.S. funds. Um, so we were syndicating about a $1.1 billion uh, worth of worth of uh, capital yeah. from, you know, foundations and endowments and uh, pension funds. And that was really interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
So um, take us take us up to today. Sure. Yeah. So, so so yeah. Where do you go from there? So uh, from there, obviously seeking more growth, right? Yeah. And uh, from there, in 2006, I said, all right, I don't see them moving me to New York where the rest of this team is. So yeah. I'm gonna figure out what to do next. Okay. And um, my resume was found on uh, an old website called, I think it's still around, Monster.com. It is still. Around. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I. We are. We are like. Yeah. Between MapQuest I know, between and Monster.com, yeah. we're just like, right. yeah, in my day. Yeah, like remember the dot-com bubble, everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Remember MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> um, so someone found my resume on Monster.com, yeah. and I get an interview with this private equity fund uh, that focuses on acquiring and developing power plants in the Middle East, North Africa, and Asia. Now, how cool does that sound? Sounds okay. interesting, yeah. Um, so I end up uh, getting a role as a research analyst out of the CEO's office of this uh, 25, 30-person uh, $600 million concern with an office in Waltham. We've got an office in Dubai, uh, 10,000 megawatts, if that means anything to people, of <laughs> aggregate power generation capacity between Tunisia, Abu Dhabi, China, South Korea, and Taiwan. Somewhere a listener is going, whoa, <laughs> Yeah, right, that's megawatts? a lot of power. That's I have no idea what that means. Right, right. Go right. on. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is where the next level of my education began. Okay. So this ended up being a whirlwind experience where you know I was able to work with a, a multinational firm um, work closely with the CEO uh, to travel the world to learn about geopolitics and global finance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you you went from, you know, Beacon Hill pol wanting to be involved in Beacon Hill politics, and now you're dealing with power plants and and uh, <laughs> the Middle in East, the Middle East, North, North Africa, Africa, East Asia. Yeah. And you're okay with it. Oh, I'm totally. I mean, fine I with mean, it. you yeah. you've adjusted your. Uh, your outlook, I guess I'll call it. Oh, 100%. From a guy who has never left, at this point, the greater Boston area. Yeah. I think the only quote-unquote international trip, and it's not even really an international trip, was to Puerto Rico Yeah. Uh, at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a trip. And I was absolutely open for it. Um, yeah. Because it presented itself, and I, I ran with it. Yeah. And and you, it sounds like you saw that there were, there were going to be things that you could take from it and maybe carry you know, put in your bag and carry it on your way. A hundred percent. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and never fully losing sight of the political. So this was my, yeah, yeah never yeah. fully losing sight of the political aspirations, but it's like, you know what? I can always come back to that. There's more to learn here. There's more to do here. Yeah. And quite frankly, you know, there's some money to be made. Yeah. Right. And that's an important thing because I, I think at least in, in politics and unfortunately or otherwise, yeah. um, you need to have a solid financial footing, uh, in order sure. to really participate. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're you're with this organization that is doing the, this work with power plants. Mm -hmm. um, what do you what, what do you turn to next? What what comes up next? So what happened uh, in this company was very unique circumstance, uh, at least for me and for most people that I you know share this experience with. Um, we had a situation where you know we had two private equity funds where you know we managed assets in both of those and then the eventual holding company so the owners of the business yeah uh, it was a husband and wife and there was a third partner in the asset unfortunately uh, between the husband and wife and the third partner there was a you know kind of a um, they had they ended up having a bad relationship falling out yeah they ended up having a falling out and that that poor relationship permeated the entire business. Ah, okay, yeah. so the, the third partner, um, who was you know um, more or less uh, put at bay for lack of a better description, um, ended up in a circumstance that 
uh, put the company in significant legal trouble, okay. um, even to this day. Okay. Continue on to this. And that's ten, I mean, I've been I left in 2011. Um, the company ended up uh, going into a forced liquidation, and that's a that's a whole nother discussion for another podcast. <laughs> but um, you know, so the writing on the wall at a certain point in time for me was yeah. this isn't looking good. Okay. Um, and coming off of what was uh, a, a great life experience i had no idea what to do next because i don't know how you replicate uh, such a visceral uh experience of, of uh, you know real business experience such as that yeah. so i decided to go to grad school to retool okay um and so i went through a process obviously you know you know you went to grad school yep. uh, the whole essays whatnot uh, yep. and i ended up getting into the duke mba program cool so i mean you obviously went there I did. Yeah. Yep, and that was the first time I lived outside of the greater Boston area. What was it like? What was it, what, what was it like for you? You know what? I was actually a little homesick at first. Really? Uh, yeah, of course. It's, like, yeah. I mean, I'm in the South. I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, new group of people again, right? Uh, yeah. Starting from scratch, and MBA is like social, and it's there's a social. Aspect. Yeah, there's yeah. a huge. It's there's a definitely hugely a social aspect. Social aspect. Yeah. Academics come maybe third. It's like uh, job. Uh, social right if there's anybody listening from duke's mba program they're like no yeah you know i mean team fuqua it's a it's a great program i yeah. highly recommend it yeah, um, yeah. but you know it, the, the reality is it's a very social thing it's about network building you know? yeah. yeah 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 so um you're down it's funny that you were a bc person and a duke person right yeah not, acc not a big All the uh, way. not a lot of love lost between those no you know what though bc is my first love yep. so it always uh, should be yeah absolutely. As, a, as a fellow grad myself <laughs> um i remember in oh, i think it was 2004 maybe maybe 2005 um when BC was in the ACC, mm-hmm. uh, or they had just they had just come over to the ACC, and um, uh, Duke was visiting yeah. in Connie form, right? And uh, and JJ Redick was on the team. Oh yeah, he did, he did not have a fun night. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm gonna say. He did not have a fun night. Um, I do have to mention that game. I don't know if you remember the game last year, the BC Duke game. I, I don't. Oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, um, I think it went just in overtime. BC won by like a couple. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, well, I mean, anytime aside. you beat uh, Coach K and. It, it feels good. Right? Yeah. Well, I, everyone loves to hate Coach K. Um, no, I, I, it's like the, it's like a Jeter thing. You know, it's like you. Respect, he's so good. You respect yeah, it, yeah. but you're like, man. Yeah. It's probably how people feel about Tom Brady. Uh well, I mean, we're in the bubble, so yeah, all yeah, you hear yeah. is, <laughs> you know, reverence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. All right. So moving on. Um, uh, so you're, you go through this program, two year program. Two program. Two year program. What was the biggest thing you took from that? Um, wow, that is a great question. Uh, the biggest thing that I took from that, um, wow, yeah, yeah, you did, stumped me. On did that I stump one. you? Yeah, you stumped me. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. I mean, to talk was about it your no, experience? No, no, no. It's all. I mean, <clears throat> it's totally fine. Like, was it was it your? Um, do you think it was the relationship you made and the network you built, or do you think it was? Um, kind of the perspective could have even been living outside of Boston that was formative for you. It was good to take a couple years outside of the place that you've only lived for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, it was also good to see what uh, the business community and what business schools offer the students or their grads, right? right. Which is mostly corporate jobs. Yeah. Um, so one of my you know significant takeaways was that I am not a 
corporate guy. Okay. <laughs> well, let's build on yeah. that. So where did you go? Yeah. So I, um, I, I did an internship in between my first and second year with an impact investing fund in uh, Durham called SJF Ventures. They do uh, really great things with, with companies. And um, I came back to Boston. And, you know, what do, you, what do I do after education? I moved back in with my parents. <laughs> There's a theme yeah, developing. There's a theme here. Right. <laughs> Let's regroup. Yeah. yeah. Home base. Yeah. Everybody get to but home base. You know what, though? My dad makes good breakfast. Like, sir, the service <laughs> The service at Casa Cane is great. Casa yeah. Cane. So, uh, so I go home and, uh, you know, I reconnect with folks. And what I had missed, uh, you know, in that two-year period I realized I also missed was my experience that I had, right? So now yeah. I'm looking – I'm looking forward, trying to find something that's going to replicate the experience that I'd had before business school, which was with the energy company. Yes. Um, and, and really wasn't able to find that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up uh, connecting with someone and finding a, a, a job at a, a startup in Cambridge called Luminoso. And this company um, builds natural language processing software yeah. uh, that we sold to market research firms and marketers. So it was spun out of the MIT Media Lab. Uh, very smart people. That's founded a cool the company. place. The yeah. MIT Media Lab. Is yeah, really it's cool. a very cool yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know these these folks spun out of business. Um, I was their first business hire. I built out a sales and marketing team, nice. and uh, we got through a Series A uh, round of equity financing. Excellent. Uh, together, which was which was fun. Um, so. At the same time, I'm living in Quincy. I'm back at home. You know, politics still on the mind. Yep. And what happens? Um, I get a call from a friend who tells me that the longtime city councilor, who's a BC high grad, and uh, actually there was a BC high grad who sat in the position before I, uh, he did, uh, wasn't running. He'd been in the seat for 14 years. And uh, I and immediately I said, I'm doing it. I got to do it. Oh, wow. I got to put my money where my mouth is. And just do it. And just do it. Yeah. I got to do it. Okay. That was the light that went off. And so that was uh, the end of March. I started having conversations with people in Quincy. Um, I started calling people because the natural progression, I guess, in uh, starting a campaign for running for office is uh, talking to people in the know, uh, raising money, yeah. and you know, starting to do more community uh, events and activity. Um, and so I got a, I got a you know, group of my family together and close friends who we've discussed this concept of running for office for years sure um and i said let's do it and so uh started making calls started raising money we had a fundraiser in may and then for six months or so i'm knocking on doors uh, thousands of doors uh eight hours a day on saturdays and sundays sometimes in the evenings yeah um getting to know everyone wow so you went from doing directions in someone's <laughs> doing map quest directions in someone's campaign to running your own right um as you kind of started your own campaign in Quincy, were, were there any things that you saw or that you remembered from your time on Stephen Lynch's campaign that informed your early decisions or shaped the direction of your own, your campaign? Um, I certainly recognized, you know, while working with uh, Congressman Lynch and State Senator Lynch at the time, um, that everything was about the local people, right? Everything's about the residents and the constituents and the people who elect you to, yeah. to get to that office. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I never forgot that because I, I realized that personal touch. And I think I probably had a benefit working in the uh, in the regional office as opposed to in D.C. because I had more of a connection with understanding the issues that people go through on a regular basis. Yeah, day and, day, yeah. you know, I mean, you'd be uh, probably surprised even at the level that I currently serve um, – you know, people call you uh, for so many different reasons, whether you can legitimately help them or not, 
but you can and you can always try right you can do your best for the for the people you work for but um they're calling you with a very important issue right and that issue might seem trivial to you uh but you need to recognize that that's probably the most important thing that they've thought about that day huh so you you've been on the the council for a couple of uh, some years now yes since uh 2016 since 2016 um any anything happened that you know has anything happened on during your time where you've been like didn't see that coming i didn't see that coming um i don't no i haven't been totally blindsided that's good that is good yeah. knock on wood yeah right? knock on wood no you don't want that yeah. um, because you want to make sure that either you're you're covering your bases you're serving your people appropriately yeah so no i haven't been blindsided by anything what's what's uh what's been the thing that's brought you the most joy uh, during your time on the city council? I have had fun um, asking questions and uh, scrutinizing things that I should that I think should be scrutinized, right? So um, I, I think sometimes in politics, people, um, and, you know, I'm a local city councilor, but this is my experience, and yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know where you see it. People mostly watch the federal level. But um, there is a sort of a desire to just get along and to seek comfort. And I don't necessarily agree with that, right? I think that there always should be some level of, uh, uh, you know, challenge or uncomfortability because uh, not everyone's right. And, you know, we're put in this place uh, to do something for people. So I'm not just doing this for nothing. So I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to give it my all and share the experiences that I've had uh, in this office, you know, so that I'm best representing the city. Um, so I totally lost track of what your question was, and I no, no, I, I, I was um, I was asking about uh, you know what what has brought you the most joy. Oh right, yeah. so uh, yeah, I think you know part of it has been in uh, challenging because I don't think that there had been too much of that. Yeah. Um, in a smart way, it's not just for challenging sake. It's right, right. It's just taking an orderly, methodical approach. Uh, trying to identify and uh, you know cajole people to uh, set priorities, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and not just waste money. Uh, and so, and then also, I mean, th- serving people, right? Yeah. Like to to provide people with with some level of satisfaction or gratification for the things that you can do for them um, has been awesome. Yeah. And then uh, also, I have been uh, successful in providing different opportunities for. Uh, you know, let's just call it community engagement. So, uh, in you know, 2013 or 14, I went to a Porch Fest in Somerville. I don't know if you've ever been to this, but no. it's an outdoor block party meets uh, music festival, mm-hmm. right? And people host musical uh, talent on their front porch or in their backyard or you know whatever, <laughs> and you just get people out. And I said, this is amazing. We got to do this in Quincy. And so in uh, 15 or 16, I sat down with a neighbor, and I said, we got to do this. And we made it happen in 16, and we had at the time, you know, we were just shooting for 10 or uh, 20 performers at a couple locations in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. We ended up having uh, 80 acts. Wow. Uh, yeah, at over uh, 50 locations. And so, and for the past two years now, we're, on, we're heading into our fourth annual Porch Fest, Quincy. Uh, but for the prior two years, we have succeeded in uh, attracting over 120 acts uh, at over 80 locations around the city. Wow. And you know it has become a holiday in the city Mm. people plan barbecues and they invite friends over Um, some areas shut down their neighborhood for for block parties and you see people interacting 
in ways that <clears throat> they probably haven't in years. Sure. Um, so my parents had hosted a, a group this past year. <laughs> yeah. And it was just so wonderful to see neighbors that they don't normally spend time with. Yeah, and your day to day. Hanging out in their backyard and catching up. And that's that's what I want. I want more engagement. I want people interacting because I think everybody's so consumed with uh, you know their phones and their yeah. tablets and the TV, um, and they've lost sight of a lot of human connection. Sure. Um, that makes community. Yeah. Okay. That's that sounds like a cool event. You're gonna have to let me know when that is. I will. I wish I had the date. It's already on the calendar. No, now. don't worry about it. We, we can we can talk yeah. offline. Okay. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> I guess. Um, can you identify, have you felt yourself growing in your role as a city councilor? Um, and if so, how? So I think in the first year, you're kind of learning, right? You're, yeah. you're looking around, and, and I'm, a wait, I'm more of like a wait and see, so let's, let's see. Listen first. Kind yeah, of, yeah, let's see, well, you know, how do these people do it? Uh -huh. um, I'm not going to shoot out of the gate like yeah. uh, you know, some people you see in Washington, right? Because <laughs> you'll burn out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people people forget you quickly, right? Yeah. That's that's definitely. Um, or they're like, who's who's this person? They've been here yeah. for five minutes. What do they even know? Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So let's learn. Let's understand how things work, um, and then you act. Um, you know. And so slowly, you know, two years. I think I you know made some pretty substantial proposals in the second year, and then now third year, I feel very much more uh, comfortable and confident. In expressing my opinion, yep. um, in uh, trusting my personal compass, yep. in my decisions, yeah. and being able to move on from those, and you know, I I now have you know more of a I guess a business mind than a political mind, but there it's kind of bifurcated, and I take things as I make a decision, I move on, and this isn't personal, right? This yeah. has nothing to do with you. This is about what's what's the right decision to make. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm sure that migrate some people oh a hundred percent yeah because not so everyone has that ability that? yeah how do you navigate that well I, I you know kind of selfishly or otherwise i say that's not my problem <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that's not i mean i'm doing my job for people if yeah. you feel bad i'm sorry yeah but i'm, I'm really not sorry yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we're all playing a game here and it, too and if, and if what you're doing isn't right it'll be show, it'll Correct. Bear out at the ballot box. It'll bear out at the ballot box. People will tell you. Yeah. Okay? Oh, your, yeah. Your, or you'll yeah. get calls. Your, yeah. your constituents will tell you. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Have you gotten any calls from constituents where they're just like, Ian, what are you doing? Uh, No. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Good, good job by you. Yeah. No. I mean. <laughs> That's um, great. You know, you get questions that are like, what's going on up there? Yeah. Uh, or why are my taxes going up? And, yeah. you know, you have to provide some semblance because sure. it's like it's not a team game. But. On, in a legislative body, it yeah. is sort of a team game. It's yeah, a very yeah. complicated thing, and yeah. um, so if you know if taxes go up, uh, it's because somebody set a budget that we don't set. We don't have that power in our body, yeah. um, and we do have the power to make cuts. Uh, but you have to have the fortitude yeah. to make those decisions, and sometimes uh, I, I've seen my colleagues lack that. Yeah, you know, and um, I, you know that that's a, f a little bit of a frustrating part, but. Um, and, you know, that's, those are difficult decisions to make because the budgets are really people, right? So how do you affect people's lives? Um, you know, what, what are the needs and what are the wants? That Those are always sure. questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, just to – I want to talk about this um, political piece a little bit, but there's a couple other things I want to get to, so I don't – I'm mindful of, of uh, your time. But um, how, how much of this political bug uh, – 
would you say is rooted in the idea of serving others? And what impact, if any, did BC High have on that? Great question. Um, because, you know, it's one thing to have an idea, right? Um, then you need to understand why. And so um, even, you know, at the points that we've discussed, the inflection points, right? Yeah. BC High, yeah. trying to go to yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, you're always why, which is a very good thing to ask um, because why do I want to do this? And that's why I probably think I – uh, ran away from law a little bit and ran away from the sort of immediate political path was because I was like, I don't understand why I want to do this. It's just something that is like stuck in my head. Yeah. You know? um, but what BC High and Boston College did because of the Jesuit background and yeah. um, it, and as I said, it gave me the tools to be able to contemplate why, right? Sure. To, to discern, right? To be reflective. Yeah, to be reflective. Yeah. To think about, why do I want to do this? And, and obviously, you know, we go through a wonderful service program here at BC High, and uh, that's something that always stuck with me. So y you you end up coming back to or discovering uh, the reasons why, uh, which do have everything to do with the service-oriented nature that was, uh, you know, cultivated in the character building at BC High. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, so I, I want to... I, I know that there's a couple of other pieces in here, but one thing that I want to skip to because I think it's important is that, um, as I told you before we started, I don't do I don't like to do a lot of prep before these because mm -hmm. I really want I, I really want to learn stuff as we're talking, which I've already done today. <laughs> I know that we know each other a little bit, but it's it's been really interesting to hear you talk. One of the things I want to talk about is, um, you recently decided to start your own company, which. I've I've always said this in my in my personal life, and I'll say it to you now. I I so I very much admire the people who say, you know what, I want to do my own thing because it takes a lot of guts and it and it, it takes a lot of vision and it takes a lot of uh, you know courage. I right. guess is the word to say. I'm going to step out on my own and figure this out. Right. So um, I want you be because I think there's probably either some recent graduates of the school. Mm -hmm. Uh, hopefully, who are listening to the podcast. The more listeners, the better, folks. Um, Tell your friends. Yeah, to spread the word. Um, there's probably some some recent grads uh, from the school who maybe have an entrepreneurial uh, tilt to them, mm -hmm. um, or maybe some current students, or maybe some not so great recent grads who are thinking about you know what's next for them. I just wanted. I was just hoping you could talk a, a little bit about um, how you came to the decision to start your own um, your own venture and what that's looked like so far. Sure. And I don't know if you can hear this, but uh, morning announcements are going on in the background. So <laughs> we're going to leave this in, though. We're going to leave it in. Kristen, leave it in. So I had uh, – so now let's – you know, I'm in business. I'm in politics. And um, I started recognizing uh, how inefficient and sometimes ineffective um, government can be, unfortunately, because I – see how technology is applied in the business world and how it can make communication smoother and how it can make operations smoother. So why aren't more technologies and innovations applied? So I started thinking about that a little bit more and how to how how can Quincy in the position that I'm in, uh, you know, how can we make Quincy a little more innovative and ineffective by adopting technologies and services? Um, then I guess at the same time, I, I took a role with a company. I, I got a call from a friend, you know, which is nice. I have friends and there's a network and, you know, that's kind of how things work, right? I got yeah. a call from a friend who said, hey, I've got a uh, – my brother-in-law runs this company and um, he's got a project and I think you'd be a good fit. 
So I ended up taking a role with this company, and uh, it wasn't a good fit, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it right? happens. Yeah, it happens. It wasn't a good choice. And so I came out on the other side of that, and I was like, you know what? Um, I've had this idea uh, where, you know, whether it's trying to cultivate uh, relationships or work with, invest in uh, small and medium enterprises that would serve government to make them more effective and efficient. Um, and so I, I kind of just put together a model for what this vision would be. And so um, I decided to form the High Point Group. And the High Point Group is, you know, kind of a three-part uh, vision. Think of it as a triangle. And the, yeah. I'm looking at the bottom left and I'm saying, all right, let's uh, provide, let's keep the lights on, right? So let's provide uh, strategic advisory and capital expertise to the places that I've had experiences. So that would be largely the public, private, and nonprofit sector. Obviously, in the uh, private sector, it's focused on commercial real estate, energy, tech, and telecom. Mm -hmm. um, at the top, at the pinnacle, I see, you know, I formed a, a, a nonprofit entity, which I'm calling the High Point Foundation, which will endeavor to promote that mission of, yeah. pr pr of uh, promoting efficiency, effectiveness, and uh, innovation in local government. Yep. So I would, you know, endeavor to build a membership base of, of companies that fit that profile and then offer educational networking opportunities on the other side for uh, innovators in local government who seek to uh, you know, make those changes. And then the last part of this, uh, this triangle would be, in, in, and this is a, a vision and sort of longer term goal, is uh, building a capital arm that would invest in some of these earlier stage companies that we get to know. Okay. So, so you've had this vision, and it sounds like it's pretty well developed. Um, and you're you're in the process of getting this off the ground. Absolutely, has it been terrifying? I mean, what like what's what's been some of the things that have gone on in your mind? Like, yeah, I what's go through been? I go through pangs of terror, but they actually <laughs> don't they don't come as often um, as you might think. Um, so it, you know now this is like hustle phase. Like I am out pounding the pavement. I'm doing breakfasts and coffees and yeah. lunches and dinners and, and and catching up with folks and really uh, reigniting my network uh, in a way that I haven't before, which is, you know, I've, I'm used to, I've done sales and marketing, I've done business development for other companies, but now I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. So, you know, identifying what is the value that I'm providing? What is the value that my firm is providing? And I have, you know, an affiliate uh, group of folks that I can tap into f as resources. Um, and so where I found myself in, you know, the three months of its nascent existence is uh, I've, I've been working with a number of uh, startups, early stage companies, yeah. uh, hardware and software companies, uh, helping them with strategic growth plans and go to market strategies, right? Helping them build out what will be uh, sales and marketing. Um, I'm working with a, a friend of mine who's a BC High grad, actually, and also a Boston College grad, and we grew up together in Quincy. There we go. Uh, we're working on raising uh, equity, so we're raising capital for investment in multifamily uh, real estate developments mm -hmm. in Massachusetts and out, a couple outside. Um, and then uh, uh, working with another software company, uh, helping to promote managed services in, in different types of companies yeah, who, yeah. Who, need, who are seeking to sort of uh, outsource their either, you know, email platforms or sure. get, out of, get out of the hardware business. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, like, what would you, as someone who's kind of getting this off the ground, what would you say to someone who even has, like, the inkling in their brain of starting their own thing? Um, I would say, you know, don't hesitate. Uh Think deeply, think about a plan, right? Get a plan together. If if it requires uh, time, that means it requires money, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so uh, you probably want to be in a good place that uh, you can, uh, you know, finance yourself 
Yeah, yeah. And you know, give yourself a time period where, uh, if this works for, uh, or doesn't work in X amount of you know six months, uh, a year, or a yeah. year and a half. Uh, then I'll have to pivot and do this. Sure. Um, but don't hesitate. Follow those instincts, right? Yeah. If you've got an idea, develop it. Don't run from it. Actually flesh it out. Uh, find people in your BC High network or any of your uh, undergraduate networks, your family, your friends. Share the concept with them, right? You probably have smart people around, and if you don't, go find them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very easy to uh, look on the internet to find a company of someone who has either been involved in an ancillary type of business that you're probably thinking about. Yeah. Uh, send them an email. Don't hesitate. You Especially need, in the BC High community. Right. Yeah. You, need, you need to be bold. And uh, people are always willing to provide advice. It's true. Uh, and I think that that's a common mis uh, misconception. People, you know, think that people are cold and shut off. Yeah. But you just have to reach out. If you start asking, uh, people will will give and you'll you'll be surprised at what doors open for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um so I, I kinda I wanna ask this, but uh it, what's what's next for you in terms of politics? Well immediately I'm up for reelection this year. Okay. So is it an annual term? It's a two year term. Two year term. Yeah and okay. it's an off odd year cycle okay. uh, for municipal. Okay. So uh, I will run again for the ward three seat on the Are Queensland you News City right Council. Now? Um, I suppose this is breaking news. All right. Have, yeah, this is breaking news. <laughs> this is the first breaking news. Yeah, on, the, on back to the point. <laughs> I'm so happy. Ian Kane's running again. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> so I will run again for my for the council seat. All right. Um, and that's that's the immediate uh, view. I yeah. mean, I'm starting a business at the same time, that's and so um, you know, I'm I'm fine existing in this yeah. level of politics for now. Okay. Yeah. Long term though. We'll see. You know, uh, it. Politics is timing and circumstance, much as other things. Yeah, yeah. And so for, especially in Massachusetts, especially in this side, right, uh, one person either needs to uh, run for another office or go take another job so that the... Yeah, uh, so things free yeah, up. Yeah, so things bit. free up it's and like people Tetris. can move. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It's, it really is a puzzle. So, um, you know, I don't know what, uh, what kind of opportunities are on the horizon, but um i'm happy you know i'm yeah. happy in the role i love quincy uh i love my job and uh, i'm happy in 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 growing the business at the same time is it what does it feel like to be on the uh kind of on the governing body of your of the place you grew up like to be shaping the future of the place that is your past that was a very powerful moment that i had when uh, i was first inaugurated in 2016 and we're sitting in this beautiful cherry wood chamber that had just been refurbished in this building that was probably constructed in 1888 okay yeah so i mean quincy you know i i, I kind of joke but it's in all seriousness that we refer to ourselves as the city of presidents because directly across the street and now it's a it's a sort of uh, pedestrian park beautiful uh promenade uh is the church of the presidents and in that church are interred uh John Adams, John Quincy Adams, uh, Abigail Adams, and I, I wish I am sorry, I don't know John Quincy Adams' wife name, yeah. but um, I mean, there, there's huge history in the city of Quincy, yeah. and it's it's a really powerful feeling to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, not not to, this doesn't, shouldn't go undiscounted, but I'm the first person of color to be elected to the city council in Quincy. And really? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm so proud of that. Uh, especially my dad had run for the seat um, a number of times in 99 he ran so I was first I was still at BCI uh, 2001 and then 2003 and he had 
uh, aspirations to, to sit on the council. And he was unsuccessful in those endeavors. So um, being able to sort of uh, take that leap and, and fulfill what he wasn't able to was a, was a very, very proud he uh, thing have, for me. Yeah, he must oh, have got choked yeah. up. I have, the, I have the best parents in the world. They're the most the proud people. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to speak directly to uh, any current or uh, current students or recent graduates. Um, let's start with the current students. Um, what advice do you have for them? What would you, what would you say about um, their time here? Any advice you have? Like, just lay it out there. Anything you want to tell them? Okay. Um, all right. I guess about your time here at BC High now, uh, take advantage of any opportunity to to learn and to grow. Uh, I know that that's a broad statement, but um, you know, it, this is preparing you for college in ways that you don't yet know. So, so true. Um, if there are any electives that you um, would not normally feel like you would feel comfortable taking, you should probably take them uh, and step out of your comfort zone. Um, I also think that there are probably opportunities to uh, go on Kairos, definitely. Yes. Yeah, you have to go on Kairos. Yes. Uh, that's a great place Make to... Make it happen. Yeah. I Whatever mean, it takes. Yeah, it's a great place to uh, assess, and you should constantly be assessing and understanding uh, where you are in life and where you'd like to go and where you've been. Um, and, yeah, I mean... It, have a good time getting to know your friends. This is a strong community. Uh, you know, obviously the the folks that I've come to know uh, from my time at BC High, I'm still close with today. And the best part is, is that I keep making new BC High friends like you. Right? Yeah. So you know, uh, and then they they keep coming back. So now in Quincy, I've got you know people who I wasn't necessarily close to during BC High that I'm now friendly with, and you know that that cycle repeats, and you run around in the business circles in Boston, and so you always come across new new people, which is great. Um, so yeah, take advantage of every opportunity. What was the next group? Uh, just anyone who's a recent grad and is starting to look ahead. Oh sure. Yeah. Um, do what you want, and and do what's necessary. Right. So uh, find out what makes you tick, uh, why it makes you tick, what you want to accomplish, and make it happen. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, the only the only people that can really stop you uh, most of the time is yourself, so uh, don't let yourself get in the way. All right, Ian, uh, this has been fantastic. Yeah, thank you for having. No, me. thank you for coming yeah. in early morning, and uh, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, this has been great. It was great, honestly, for, for just to have the opportunity to catch up with you a yeah, little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I know we had had lunch a couple <laughs> times, but it was it was nice to just be like. I want to. I'm going to get Ian one on one. We're going to sit and we're going to talk. And guess what? We're going to record it. Oh, this is great. You're doing a good thing. Oh, so thanks, I appreciate man. it. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. Well, thank you. All right. That wraps up this episode of Back to the Point. Thank you to Ian for stopping by, uh, taking time on his schedule to tell a story uh, and to share so much of himself with us. Really appreciate it, Ian. Um, also, wanted to thank Kristen Brophy, who just continues to be just a master of sound editing. Just really incredible job uh, that she's been doing um, thank you to the BC High team um, Colleen Carter and others who make this possible on a bi-weekly basis and as always and most importantly thank you to all of you for listening um, really really appreciate everybody that keeps coming back keeps listening keeps letting us know what you think um, it, it means a lot it really does and please know that we are taking everything you're telling us seriously. Um, we're going to continue working hard to make this uh, something that continues to, you know, be interesting and engaging. And um, 
we're also going to explore some new directions in the next, you know, couple months. Um, some try some different things that that we've been working on, and I'm excited about those. So, um, yeah, that's it. That does it. Uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. See ya.